Hello, and welcome back to The Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I'm Bradley. And I'm Randy. And welcome back, guys. Heck yeah. Um, it's good to be back. Is it ever? And <laughs> what a better way to be back from our regular, regular schedule that we didn't take a break from at all. Totally not. Yeah. <laughs> what are you and, talking about, break? <laughs> yeah, we don't take breaks, man. We are working nonstop. But just anyway. don't listen to the end of the episode because, oops. Hey, no foreshadowing, okay? <laughs> but I, I figured that I've been really feeling like a Greek mythology kind of vibe. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. Greeks are cool. Yeah, and they had like some of the best mythology, as we said before. But this week, I wanted to kind of tackle a important, although maybe not as well known, uh, kind of figure in Greek mythology. We're going to be Ooh. talking about uh, Karen. That Yo. is not a. I actually uh, know one of those people at work. <laughs> I was going to say, met yeah. someone at the store the other day. <laughs> I, I was about to say, that's not the person that's going to throw their slurpee at you because you made it wrong you know that's, so glad we that's all the, thought of the same joke <laughs> that's the dude on the river sticks uh, stx which is one of the coolest spelled words if words can be spelled cool I, I, that's a pretty cool anytime you could get an x into a word where it isn't really needed that's a pretty cool spelling and next to a book. y nonetheless yeah they Just got two absolutely. letters that no one uses Absolutely. Okay, I thought you guys were talking about Karen, and I was like, there's no Y or X. <laughs> what are you talking about? How do you spell Karen? It's C H Y X. They're just both silent. I was thinking Man, of that uh, Brian Regan skit where he's like, <laughs> My name is Brian. <laughs> no one can spell my name. <laughs> it's, a, it's funny you mentioned that it's because long. as I was researching this guy, is that I think. Uh, like the way you say his name is actually pretty discussed and like a lot of different people have a different ways of like pronouncing it like some people say it's uh, K-Ron some people say it's Charon some people say that like the traditional Greek pronunciation if you want to be the most accurate would be like Heron because what okay. the I silent think, C well I think it would be K in Greek and K's were like silent Oh, uh, if I can remember correctly, but and some people even think it's like Sharon. So, yo, Sharon, how are you? <laughs> yeah, friendly not, uh, Sharon. Yeah, this this guy is definitely not your grandma, though. Oh, you uh, haven't seen my grandma. She's pretty scary, <laughs> but she is a wonderful lady. You just got to get She's to know. So her. nice. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Uh, Karen is, though, an ancient being of Greek mythology and as you might imagine, he fulfills a pivotal role in the mythos of the Greek afterlife. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, psychopomp, which we've said that word before on the podcast. It's not a very like uh, commonly used word, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Ketsukoatl also was this kind of variety of being, and what this is okay. is just a being that escorts the souls of the recently departed. So oh, they do- right. Yeah, they don't judge people. All they do is they just help people that have died and are like, yo, where do I go? And then gotcha. they show up and like, you go this way. I'll lead you there. Gotcha. It's kind of like, uh, it, well, in some, some versions of the lore, it's like Anubis. 
he does that as well. Oh yeah, I bet he is. You know, if we ever get to him, which mm-hmm. we will, then uh, that'll be interesting to discuss as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking at this guy's eyes and the one of the pictures. <laughs> he definitely looks like he's judging me. <laughs> what the the picture in the bottom right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's funny you mentioned that because that's one of the most famous paintings of Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and he is painted by none other than Michelangelo. Oof, that is a haunting it picture. Must have been like his first ever painting. Oh gosh, dude, he is very spooky. And I didn't include it in this picture. It's kind of cut off. But there's to the right of him. There's a group of like huddled people. <laughs> and he's like, I wonder why. To beat the crap out of him with like his stick. Oh, that's awful. So he's got like so a pom pom for hair. Dude, it's so <laughs> he's wild. He's like one pink puff ball on the top of his head. It's oh, awesome. He's also like maybe morbidly <laughs> obese and ripped at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's so weird. This guy is frightful. Absolutely crazy. It's mm. one of the most interesting renditions of uh, mm-hmm. Karen that I've seen. <laughs> but he looks like an anime character. He does. Honestly, <laughs> he really do be that way. He does. Just he's got to be like. He wouldn't be the main character, but he would be like the main character's like weird friend. He's distinct <laughs> enough to not be like a side character, but not cool enough to be the main character. By, by anime man. rules. 100%. Uh, anime if you rules. too want to joke about this guy, look up <laughs> the painting of Karen by Michelangelo. Yeah. And then enjoy the nightmares. <laughs> but uh, Karen is the ferryman of the ancient Greek underworld. Hades. Uh, mm. We're going to be talking about Hades the place and not the uh, god. That can be a little bit confusing. But he ferries newly deceased souls that have received a proper burial. That is significant as if you are like improperly buried or don't meet his certain criteria uh, or prepare well enough, I should say, then he won't ferry you. What a and jerk. That'd probably be me. No, I'm mean, sorry, you didn't get buried, which is totally outside of your control, but still can't help you. We'll, we'll get to it later and we'll discuss it, but I mean, maybe I can see, understand a little bit. Okay. But he specifically ferries them across the river Archeon, or in mm-hmm. some accounts, uh, the river Styx. Like in some accounts, they're considered the same river, and in other accounts, like the Archon becomes the Styx. Gotcha. Um, uh, like the Archon was more of the Greek name for the river, while a variety of Roman poets called the river Styx. And this is perhaps to be more in line with the Latin epic Aeneids, a geography of the underworld. Huh. And in these particular stories, Karen is associated with both rivers. So this dude's working like double duty, man. I mean, you got to get cover all the rivers because there's probably going to be people coming from all different directions. So. Some people might take one river and some will take the other. I was just going to say, like, when there's, like, a mass death, he just is right. like, oh, He's like, oh, I got too many people. Interestingly enough, I think there is, like, only the Archon or the River, river Sticks that right. feed into Hades. So, but... like, all rivers lead to Sticks well, or, or Archon, either way? All rivers flow out of the sticks. All the rivers oh that goodness. are in the underworld, like because I believe there's five oh. rivers. But so he, this guy's boating up river. That's well, incredible. he's down. It's it's flowing down. It's like going from the world 
into Hades and then like splitting out into rivers. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. I was saying, I thought you were saying like all of the rivers in Hades went from the sticks and then spread out into everything That's else. Why he's so like, jacked. This guy's freaking having a boat up the river to get to the city. He's like, I, I mean, he does go. eventually, right? Because yeah, like, that's true. You know, he carries somebody one way and then he's got to. He's got to go, go back so fast the other way. Man, this guy poor. He's got the worst job. All the other gods can just kind of sit around. And this guy's having to boat back and forth up this river all day, every day. Yeah, his his job honestly really does suck. But to touch more on a man on the man that wrote the I need that poem that mm-hmm. we we're talking about, uh, he called the Styx the principal river of Tartarus, from which mm-hmm. uh, the Styx and Sciotis both sprang. So like the Aeneid sprang into the Styx and the Sciotis. Gotcha. Um, and to kind of talk touch upon like those different rivers is that the river Aeneid is known as the river of woe or pain while the six can literally mean shuddering and express mm-hmm. lo- the loathing of death while the Sciotis is the river of wailing so all of these rivers are just sounds fun. so so wonderful <laughs> i actually Man. have a vacation home on one of those uh, yeah right <laughs> of woeing yeah it's really loud at night everyone just yelling and woeing about i i mean like the view of the river of wailing is just great but man at night it's just (laughs) awful no sleep at all seriously the neighbors are just awful they are just the most just so easy holding that holding the biggest i mean i wouldn't call them ragers but they're something i believe they're called whale fests oh Man, we should bring that in, you know. <laughs> Everybody come down, come on down to the whale fest, bring some uh some tissues and uh some eye drops. One guy one guy shows up with a harpoon and he's like, Yeah, let's go, whaling. It's like, no, different kind. Sorry. You, you That's got confused. not this kind of party, man. Oh, you gotta go up to Japan for that one. This is my bad. This is embarrassing. So embarrassing. The river Archon Archeon is an actual river in real life and it's located in the northwest region of greece and like i was saying before it's often depicted as the entrance to the greek underworld so yeah. like if you would go to that river like or the heroes of like the epics of ancient greece would mm-hmm. go to this river presumably to enter into hades which is pretty neat you know i'd almost kind of like to go to that and just be like looking under a couple stones see if i can find <laughs> an entrance you know <laughs> but onto Karen's appearance. So, to kind of tackle his ancestry, to kind of give us a bit of a grips, a grip on like who he is and like where he came from and what he might look like. So, Karen is the son of Rebus, a primordial deity that is the personification of darkness, and then mm. his mom is Nyx, the Greek goddess personifying night. So you can imagine that this dude is just like so cool. (laughs) Just the best. So edgy. Yeah, he was he was born out of darkness and of night. (laughs) While heavy metal was playing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for real. (laughs) He was given his first chain. (laughs) He was born. And I wonder what like Greek gods and like Roman gods, like what type of music they would listen to, you know, if they existed. I bet like uh, Hades would be really into like K-pop, you know. <laughs> really? 
just throw them back. I don't know. You know, be like, oh, dude, you're so into metal. It's like, no, I hate it, man. No, <laughs> actually. Like it's the worst. I really I like seen, BTS. <laughs> I would have seen, uh, or I guess uh, my thought was, uh, what's, what's his name in uh, Mercury or uh, what's Hermes? his Greek nom? Yeah, yeah. Greek nom. Greek name. Greek is, nom. Uh, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could see him being a big fan of like pop or or k-pop specifically because they're just so upbeat it would just keep him going all the time nah man speed metal hephaestus <laughs> <laughs> uh, is all about that uh dubstep oh what are you um, talking about he's looking to, he's listening to uh chain gang songs which is like <laughs> with the big beat that goes along with his hammering he's non-stop um, just the <laughs> I mean, you can synchronize your like hammer blows to dubstep. You just gotta be really. <laughs> you just gotta be a fast hammer. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. Do not hammer forge anything to Darut Sandstorm. That would be a nightmare. Dude, I want to see it though. Link me to a video if it exists. But back to Karen. So, as he was born of like two primordial deities. Most of the children of primordial deities are titans, but he, mm-hmm. in fact, is not. So it's kind of interesting also is that he's like one of the first like kind of deific beings to be created. So he's pretty dang old. Huh. And so as he's not a titan, he is instead considered a daemon or a daemon. Yeah, it's got like an eye in the middle that kind of trips me up, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> But he is a lesser deity or a guiding spirit, have the, having the aspects of uh, both mortals and deities. So he's kind of like a weird like hybrid between the two, which is very interesting. Very their, interesting to me. Their hierarchy is so confusing to me. Because like this guy is born from a primordial being, which like to me, I feel like means he's more powerful. Like, or the primordial beating, beings are more powerful than, like, pretty much anything else. Mm-hmm. And most of the things that are born from those guys are become titans, which the titans are usually, like, described as being more powerful than the gods. But they just, like, were kind of mean and terrible, so they got locked away. And so this guy was born from the same parents as a titan. Theoretically, should be at the same level as a titan, but he's considered to be less than one of the gods, which is weird it's to me weird right it's so odd like i mean you can almost think of him as just like a like a worker in hades right, right? yeah is that i don't think he really has like any domains or like super crazy powers or anything that i could see yeah that he's just a dude just doing an important job this guy just, must have been the runt of the litter apparently i don't know like maybe <laughs> like he here's was my born... big brother kratos i know right kratos <laughs> Yeah, maybe he was born and he was just like all upper arm strength and like, all right, well, <laughs> here's an oar. Go, go row on the river yeah. sticks, you know. But he just like he feels like he's a glorified ghost, more more than just like an actual god. He's just is like, yeah, you're like kind of goofy, weird spirit guy. So you're gonna boat up and down this river because I mean, kind you're useless. of. I'm, Which feels don't so call rude. him useless, man. He I has mean, a very, he has a very important role. I'm saying what it is not done. The world would devolve into chaos. I agree. I'm just saying this. I feel like is what the gods are going to be like. And they're like, ah, hey, we're way better than you. We got all these cool things, and you just you just ride a boat all day. We're cooler. Well, and it's and pretty interesting like though. Like in mythologies like this, right? You have Atlas, one of the like most pivotal people in all of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Yet 
he's not a god he's just That's some true. rando like human that literally is doing one of the most important jobs so like just got shafted think, one day i think <laughs> they're not considered like gods or anything because maybe because they're like working class people that makes sense yeah. you're gods get other people to do their work and so because exactly. these guys are in the trenches doing it themselves they're like eh, nope hey man dionysus has to party bro <laughs> very important he's busy. work he's so busy so very very busy so for karen in the earliest stories and references of him that being like attic funerary vases of the fourth and fifth century he is described as a filthy rough and unkempt man wow harsh he is normally dressed in like ordinary clothing just kind of being like brown or black robes Oftentimes, they're also described as being dirty, maybe greasy, which is gross. Um, <laughs> and uh, his boat is also described as just pretty plain, kind of almost looks like maybe not canoe-ish. There's probably a word for it, but I'm not very familiar with Greek boats. But it's just it's just pretty plain. It's not like adorned with anything or like any anything super crazy. He's just a bland, plain boring guy just kind of like a dirty dirty man he looks like a hobo with a boat a little bit a little bit yeah (laughs) it is interesting and uh important to note that he did wear like an odd conical hat just kind of an interesting point that stood out is i guess he he wanted to express himself and like (laughs) just a ways like you know if i'm gonna be in hades i really don't care about doing my laundry but man this hat i'm gonna keep it on me I can't blame him not doing his laundry when the closest body of water that you have is like the river of wailing and the river of sorrow and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't want to yeah. wash my clothes in that either. And I don't think these rivers were very good at all. Like oftentimes they're described as just truly awful. Like I think in one particular myth, uh, if a God drank the ri- river or drank water from the river sticks, they would not be able to speak for nine years. So Wow. Yeah, I don't think they're very, very healthy at all. It sounds like it. But I'm uh, really thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it would kill you so fast. <laughs> but uh, so there are you ever drink. Yeah, like no kidding. Uh, <laughs> he is often described with like several signature attributes that I feel like the the descriptions of him like dwelled a lot more on and one of those is being is that he has like this unkempt bushy beard which is interesting it's just like there's a lot of descriptive language about his bushy beard how like it was long it was unkempt it was dirty it was bushy and like i i guess it must have been really something to gaze upon really seriously i mean she sounds he sounds like someone that like even if you're dead you still wouldn't want to go and talk to him she's like yeah this guy's like I'm dead and he's still creepy. Yeah, he like, still just like looks like a weird kind of sketchy guy. Yeah, like maybe not like the orientation personnel mm-hmm. you really want to meet. Which again is just like another diversion from like where the other gods are usually like different in their own right, but still usually described as like really attractive, attractive. looking and like regal. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this guy. Nah, got the short end of the stick again. And just like, nah, you're ugly and you're unkempt and really just boring and bland and kind of creepy. Yeah. But uh, that other signature 
a feature that was often described would be his fierce and fiery, perhaps literally, eyes. Yo, geez. that's cool. Yeah, so I think it could be fiery in terms of like metaphorically and that he just kind of like had this wicked glare like that painting of Michelangelo <laughs> they were talking about. <laughs> now that's a wicked glare. You know, that's it's sure fiery, bro. <laughs> if I've ever seen a fiery gaze, that's it. <laughs> oh, man. But um, as we go forward, the, the Roman poet that we mentioned earlier, uh, Virgil, he had a description of Karen as well. And as he wrote, uh, there Karen stands who rules the dreary, dreary coast, a sordid god, down from his hairy chin, a length of beard descends, uncombed, unclean, his eyes like hollow furnaces on fire. A girdle, foul with grease, binds his obscene attire. So... Just kind of putting everything together, you know, he's got that beard and he's got those eyes, you know, what's really not to love, honestly. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a delight. Like, I'm honestly, you, you just like working class. That's just what he sounds like. <laughs> I mean, he's just too busy, really, to like comb his beard and stuff. <sighs> don't got the time. Do you see how many people are dying right now? There's a line oh. out of Hades, dude. And I don't got time to stop. How is he going to shower? He can't jump in that river. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. unless he doesn't want to talk for nine years man at the end of every like shift or whatever he goes up to hades and is like hey man uh can i have a shower or maybe a laundry <laughs> machine it's like no absolutely <laughs> not you can get a shower when people stop dying and he's like oh that brush God. you gave me four thousand years ago yeah it's starting to lose all of its like tassels i need a <laughs> it new. has no Starting more... to. that's a good brush man <laughs> <laughs> it is completely out of brush teeth or hair or whatever it is that you have in your bristles brush. bristles that's the word bristles it's completely out so it's now just a board that i'm rubbing against my face <laughs> i do better smacking it with my core you know <laughs> but uh if we look at like the etymology of the name karen mm-hmm. it'll also help shed some further light on who he is as well. So the poetic form of Karen is, uh, I'm going to do my best with this one, Karapos, or of keen gaze. This would be referring to how his eyes can be described as fierce, flashing, and or feverish. Uh, this word could also be a euphemism for death. So really just honestly rounding out his character very nicely. Yeah. Of We're getting a great kind of image and picture of him so Apparently he's got good eyes good for him <laughs> yeah good and he's got uh, one thing going for him yeah really uh he is also seen carrying a boatman's pole or an oar which he uses to propel his ship as well as sometimes like you we were talking about before beat those who delay <laughs> woof <laughs> as oh, if man. death wasn't bad enough i just i just want to see like uh so karen's on like this on this boat and like you got some new like young guy on the shore and he's like all right let me see if i can find my fee (laughs) karen's like get in this boat and give me your feet or i'm gonna beat you (laughs) either get on the boat and give me the money or get away so smacking him 
Oh man, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I love it he, so much. Like he gets like bullied by the gods so much. I feel like he's just like got to take it out on some like <laughs> recently dead person. He's just like, I I'm sorry. I just I feel bad today. So it's just a turn around. Work, man. Whoopa, whoopa. <laughs> this is how toxic relationships generate. <laughs> there you go. Oh no. Oh no. So there are some also like interesting stories that I came across. Uh, this one is relating to like his pole or his uh, or. Mm-hmm. So in one instance written by another Latin author in his tragedy, uh, Hercules Fern Furnace, uh, Furnace or like the Mad Hercules, the Roman equivalent equivalent of the divine hero hercules comes face to face with karen and after kellen karen tells him to halt uh the hero then resorts to his strength to gain passage and turns the tables and beats karen with his own boat pole (laughs) (laughs) man this this boat pole or or is just smacking everyone (laughs) that is awful that's so funny though Sorry, Karen. Love you, but you kind of had it coming. <laughs> kind of, it's kind of a jerk. I mean, maybe warranted, but like also a little bit taken out on people that didn't do anything. Yeah, so. I mean, maybe he's just like he was really patient in the beginning, but then he just got so <laughs> tired of like every everybody dawdling and like messing yeah, like, around. He's got several, no time, no patience for it. Several millennia of just having to deal with customer service will really grind on you oh absolutely like you can can you imagine this dude has to literally give like customer service to every karen (laughs) Karen that ever existed and he has to deal with every single person going oh i just died he's like having to be like i know it's okay it happens here we're gonna do this and like having to give that kind of like really sorry like Mm -hmm. we're gonna go we're gonna get through it discussion to every single person every single day all the time it must be exhausting yeah he's like i'm not your therapist uh-huh. <laughs> i'm or like sorry someone that died like really old and they come in they're like hey do you want to hear like this an, an entire story of my life uh-huh. he's no they're like okay well anyways so here's ten thousand stories <laughs> he's just like how fast can i make this trip up this river oh my goodness this can't end soon enough the the fastest he ever paddled uh-huh. <laughs> i don't care about your children and your life and how they're now working in the city i, just, I don't care <laughs> oh man i've heard it literally a million uh, times yeah but my granddaughter <laughs> like, no. No. she's something special trust me she's gonna make <laughs> she's gonna change the world it's like oh my goodness so i don't care and he's like oh your granddaughter yeah i met her earlier <laughs> today oh no oh, oh. <laughs> oh no oh that was kind of dark sorry <laughs> but uh karen is also depicted in dante Alighieri's uh the divine comedy and always getting back to the the divine comedy so good so true but uh karen is the first being dante meets in the underworld and Naturally. in this depiction, he again has eyes of fire. Hmm. So again, kind of like keeping it all consistent. Hey, consistency is key. Unless, at yeah. least we know it's the same guy they're running into. So 
also correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but when you first thought of uh, Karen before this podcast, you probably thought of like some like Grim Reaper looking dude, right? Definitely. The words out of my mouth. Like yep. like a dude that's got like the super metal bow and he's got like these wispy robes and you can't see his face or maybe he's just like a straight up skeleton, right? Mm-hmm. Skulls everywhere, like mostly burnt down candles on his boat everywhere. Like they look like they're about to flicker out, but they just won't for some reason. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Like it's it's so weird, like how um how Karen's like figure has evolved over time because he's mm-hmm. so far like a departure from his original kind of source material, which he was like this filthy man. Like even if we like go back not too far, we see and we continue to see the legend of Karen evolve. We see him become less grumpy, uh, mm-hmm. less vile and more kind of like refined and even sometimes depicted as like a kind person. Oh, he hit his midlife crisis and like cleaned up. Yeah, his his mid uh, millennia crisis. Yeah, <laughs> every god hey, goes through a couple. That that makes me wonder. So like, I feel like he has become like in in modern day depictions, he, he's become this Grim Reaper like looking mm-hmm. guy purely because he's related to dead people. Like he's he's affiliated yeah. with death. It's so because of that we associate him a lot like a Grim Reaper, and so because of that he gets that aesthetic but i am so curious where the grim reaper originally got that aesthetic like what culture first created this creature of the grim reaper and where did now it has become like the reigning creature of death and now every other uh culture's person that's affiliated with death has become like basically their version of the grim reaper and everyone has like fallen in line with that aesthetic yeah i'm so curious where it originally started that's like a, a really good point yeah. because uh, it wasn't here. Like a lot of like these death figures, like the psychopomps, like or whatever, did not be like that at all mm-hmm. when they're first created in like early, earlier history, you know. Right. But as of late, you think of like a dude that like helps transitioning dead souls. You think of right. the Grim Reaper. Like who else, really? Though, though it makes sense, like. To have your person who's going to ferry souls and like person who's going to take care of the dead. It makes sense for him to be not that super morbid, horrifying looking creature. Because like, do you really want to have the person that's going to take care of your dead family members be like a super terrifying person? Or do you want it to be like a nice, kind person who's going to like kind of take care of them? Be like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, I feel like I would much rather the nice person to... A, be the person taking care of my family members when they die, but also for me to think like, okay, when I die, I'm going to a nice guy who's going to like take care of me, not mm-hmm. like a horrible monster that's going to like reap my soul and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, like, it's so crazy is that it almost seems like as we've gotten like even further, we've mm-hmm. looked like these death characters, we've almost like evolved right back around, right? Right. Or, like these, like often days, they're the, they're uh, depicted as like these suave gentlemen and like nice suits, you know, and you mm-hmm. wouldn't think that they're like a character of death, but they are, you know. Right. So weird to me. Yeah. Very strange. But on to uh, Karen's specific kind of job duties. So 
He was to ferry the souls of the dead to Hades so that they could receive judgment in a final resting place. So uh, from what it sounds like and from what I was reading is that that can like really vary. I don't think he typically takes them to like the same place depending on who they were. You know, he, I think, took them to different places mm-hmm. or somebody like somehow like there was a judgment process because, of course, he, he didn't judge them is that they were judged and then they were, he was told where they were to go. It was a mobile judging. They would, while he was going up the river, the judge would come up to the side of the river, walking along, would judge the person and then be like, okay, now you're going to go that direction. Could have been, could have been. <laughs> All right, we're going to judge you real quick. Just keep the boat going. We're going to keep going. Just get down the road and we're going to get you set on your way. Yeah. I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting is that like one of the super curious things that I came across when I was researching this was that he's actually assisted in his job by the god Hermes. Kind of funny really? you mentioned mentioned him earlier yeah. in the episode. I had no it's idea. Coincidental. But uh, him and Hermes are psychopumps together, which is interesting. I wonder if they always come in pairs because the two kind of psychopomp groups that we talked about Mm-hmm. both had like kind of this duo must be sure. a pretty big job you know yeah it's fair that there's a lot of dead people so that's interesting but, yeah i thought i thought it was super interesting that hermes was like because i i had never really considered that hermes was his real job was in the underworld kind of there's something was it okay was it percy jackson that like hermes was the only person that could travel to the underworld other than Hades, uh, yeah, I think so. Because because he had like the the, the boots. boots, right? And so like they, they were made for walking, so that they can get into the underworld. So like, That's I feel right. like, it, like at least in modern day interpretations, we had some kind of clue that Hermes had something to do with the underworld. So like, it does make sense, and like that, if any god, he would be that god. I feel like, yeah. yeah. Like, That's after so all, true. he is the messenger of the gods, right? And so I guess he's basically doing his job as, like, messengering people down yeah. to the underworld. I just always assumed when they said messenger of the god, like, I figured he was, just like, taking notes back and forth between the like, gods. Of, like, trolls, hey, man. he said this to you. Here you go. Do you have a response to him? He was, like, he was the god's email. And so he's just constantly getting messages back and forth. I mean... Probably so that they wait that way they can know like what was going on, what everyone was doing, oh. how they could help each other and whatnot. But it I makes sense it. that he was doing other things. So the reason why Karen wouldn't take people that weren't buried, it's because Hermes couldn't transport someone because they weren't in like a coffin, and he can't. You can't like mail someone just a person. You have to mail them in a coffin. So, <laughs> if you just try and send a letter without an envelope, it's not going to get there. Exactly. Um, so you have to. Me? Can you put all these ashes into a low flat <laughs> box, please? <laughs> this is not my job duty. <laughs> so you're saying in the modern day that Hermes would be working at like a like a morgue, yes, but mixed with a like FedEx. It would be like a FedEx morgue. A FedEx morgue, <laughs> yes. It's like you bring your dead family member, and we'll we'll box them up for you, and we'll send them on their way. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I was thinking of like post office in front, Morgan the Bay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if it but fits also the like, ships anywhere, it's also in like the... a social media place too, because <laughs> all kinds of messages. If it fits, it ships anywhere in the underworld for a low flat rate. 
Oh man. Uh quick conspiracy real fast. If Amazon Ooh. takes up uh like shipping dead people, then we'll know that Hermes is actually Jeff Bezos. Yo, he's <laughs> Jeff Bezos. I've already had my suspicions. I always knew it. Oh man. But okay, back on track. Um So how did he help with the uh ferrying other than like picking up their their coffin and moving them? Like what was he actually doing? Um so I really think it was kind of like uh, I, I couldn't find a whole lot of information on that, but I okay. think it was more of like Hermes would take the the souls from the land of the living and kind of drop them off at that river that ran into Hades, and oh. then they would be picked up by Aaron, and then he okay. would kind of finish the the transportation duty. Gotcha. So like he would bring them to Hades, and then Karen would take them from Hades into wherever they needed to be there. Yeah, like actually Gosh, makes, into like the the real Hades, yeah. That makes so much more sense. I always figured like, I always thought it was odd that people had to like try and find their way to that river. They were just like kind of wandered around the world of the, world of the living until they stumbled upon the entrance and they're like, oh, cool, I made it. I always thought that was odd, but yeah, there'd be a lot so more sense. ghosts, man. Yeah, so many more ghosts. A lot more ghosts. But That's so uh, cool. as I kind of mentioned before, in some depictions of the ferryman's ride, uh, Karen would carry you further down the river and deeper mm-hmm. into hell, so to speak, the longer and worse your punishment would be. Because um, interesting fact as well is that it's kind of interesting that Karen kind of um, like not ascended, but he like transitioned mm-hmm. from it seems like Greek mythology almost into like Christian mythology and that he was oh. also in like hell because as we know, Dante's Alighieri's The Divine Comedy is right. about the nine circles of hell, right? And so I believe in his depiction, the river Styx kind of circles around the ninth circle of hell. And so Karen's just uh, on that as well. So it's so interesting that he actually like transcended one religion to another which interesting i've never heard of that actually yeah i had never heard of him being in christian mythology or christian beliefs so that's so interesting yeah i i know for sure it was at least in the divine comedy i right did he did his name eventually change into something else or did he keep his name all throughout until he ended up getting like forgotten or whatever or removed but he was always named the same throughout it um at least in the this situation, right? For sure, he was still a uh, Karen. Um, so while Karen had the duty of faring souls uh, across the land of the dead, and or across the river, he did not do so for free. He demanded a fee. And in ancient times, this is why some cultures observed burying the dead with some amount of money, in some way. Hmm. Um, the most direct reference of this is uh, Karen's obols. And obol is like a small coin that was one-sixth of a drachma, which was a common Greek currency. So it's a pretty small amount of money. Dang. So it's like right. a penny, basically. Or yeah, maybe a little bit more much. valuable than a penny. Maybe a little bit more, like a quarter or something. I don't know what the exact analogy would be, but it's not much at all. Like I think most right. of everybody should be able to afford it theoretically yeah so in greek and roman literary sources the carrying 
uh, Karen's oval had four distinct characteristics. One was that it was a single low-value coin. Uh, and secondly, it was placed in the mouth, specifically, originally. And that was sometimes under the tongue, which is interesting. Mm. I don't think I'd really love fiddling around in a dead yeah. person's mouth, personally. <laughs> Huge but, pass, thanks. Yeah, I guess you got to do what you got to do to ensure their, um, their afterworld uh, comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this placement would uh, also occur at the time of death. And it was there to represent a boat fare to assist in the afterlife. So you also might have seen in like movies or like just different things where they put like coins over the eyes, right? Right. After somebody's died. And, that, and so this is kind of what that evolved into. Oh, gotcha. Or uh, I should say what carrying... Uh, Karen's oval evolved into like putting coins over the eyes instead. Right, right. So it went from putting it into their mouth to then like, eh, let's just put it on their eyes instead. They'll still be able to get the money and we don't have to fiddle with putting it in their mouth and that grossness. Yeah, yeah. I Honestly, that's probably what it was. Yeah. People were like, I just don't really want to be fooling around with cadavers anymore. Mm-hmm. Though I think it's odd slash interesting uh, that, so we mentioned that uh Hermes was also a transfer or a a mover of the dead, but he mm-hmm. didn't require a fee. That's kind um, of odd to me. Maybe that's the difference between like a, a capital G god and oh, sure. what Karen was. Is he was kind of like a lowercase G, you know? He got tired. He can be a little more selfish and he's like, nah, if he's I'm gonna got, do my job, I can better get paid. Pay. Yeah. Pay. He's got brushes to buy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How, some, how else? How else is he gonna wear new yeah. clothes? I mean, I can't blame him. No, I, I, I mean, I can't at all. Like we were saying earlier, is that with like all the annoying people he puts up with, or like boat upkeep? Geez, that's mm-hmm. gotta be expensive. Seriously, Goodness, man, that's a lot of wax, bro. Also, or varnish. Question that you probably don't have an answer to, but I just wondering curiosity. Do you know if the uh, so this money that they used to pay the ferry was specifically called the uh, Karen's Obel, correct? Yeah. And was that coin only ever used for this? Like that was that a coin that they could use in regular day to day life, like a dime or whatever? And then it was just also used in this death uh, payment, or was it only exclusively used for this purpose? Do you know? I believe it was also like a functioning piece of currency. Oh, okay. Because so like sometimes they used useful. they used other coins. It was just gotcha. mainly like a, a small coin, and I okay. think the oval was the the most popular. Gotcha, gotcha. And they just like it was the cheapest coin that they could get, so it was like might as well use the least valuable coin if you have to. Mm-hmm. Didn't doesn't most modern day depictions use like the drachma? I think so. So I think it might be just, at least I know in in Percy Jackson, they do. What's Percy Jackson in, I think, in uh, Clash of the Titans? I think you're right. Yeah, I think they do that as well. That might just be an instance of them not explaining it. Yeah, it could be just, I don't know. I wonder what their thought process was. Yeah, I'd I'd love to know, honestly. Mm -hmm. My guess would be that they just didn't want to go through the effort of, like, having to explain that this is... Not a drachma, like everybody else uses a drachma, but this is like 
a lesser for like a sub currency that's like half of a drachma and like rather than go through all of that they're just like yeah it's just everybody knows what drachma is there you go it's that problem solved. yeah that's probably what it was, it was kind of more of a well-known well-known mm. currency so if you're wondering what would happen if a deceased soul was not given this uh karen's oval at death he dunked you in the river oh man that may make you invincible actually oh no if you remember achilles right <laughs> that's right i forgot about that I forgot yeah, that was still. the same river Joke's on you. But, uh, so if they were not given this Karen's oval at death, they would have to wait and wander the shores of the river for 100 years. Or in some cases, uh, some sources said eternity, just forever. But in the case of 100 years, they would finally be granted a free passage by Karen. So Karen's like, you got any money? No? Maybe he just came back and back and... See if he had had money, and then he's like, "Fine, just get off the shore, get out of here." I would just just start following him. Like, I would just start walking down the riverbank and just like, you know, I'm just gonna walk my way there. Who cares? I'm not gonna. I, I can't pay for it, so I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I got a hundred years to do it, so might as well. Oh, I, Didn't I think you just uh, talk about Cerberus. Yeah, I that's think a good Cerberus point. That's a good point. That. <laughs> Again, forgot that he was there. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Curse but, you, Cerberus. Uh, Good boy. Also, funny we mentioned Cerberus, in fact, is that Cerberus and Karen were both the barriers to entry for the underworld. Mm-hmm. Is it was kind of like those two things, those two uh, gatekeepers, you could almost say, is what they were doing. And so you weren't getting into Hades unless you went through him. And right. as such, and he man, has the paddle. So <laughs> he'll beat you, dude, dude. He'll beat you, man. That battle hurts, okay? Mm-hmm. But many Greek heroes, such as Odysseus, Orpheus, uh, Psyche, Psyche, would have to go through him as well. So they went through both because like, I've heard of the stories of them having to go through Cerberus of either like mm-hmm. tricking him or making him fall asleep or kidnapping him, which was what Hades or uh, Hercules did, which what a jerk. But they also had to go through Charon as well. Yeah. So I think they, I think oftentimes they just like told him their plight and he actually would be kind enough to just help them across. Wow. This guy's a crappy guard. What the heck? I mean, I mean, nobody I mean, can get past me unless you like, unless you just, kinda nice. you just look at those muscles though, man. <laughs> it's so nice. But. Uh, As living people are not supposed to cross in and out of the land of the living into the land of the dead, this often created problems Mm -hmm. and even led to Karen getting punished, which is Mm. probably why he stopped doing this after a particular instance. That instance was when Hercules, for his 12th and final labor, uh, was required to fetch the terrible hellhound Cerberus, the guardian of the underworld. Yo, he's a hellhound? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's absolutely, it's insane. But <laughs> uh, after Hercules had completed this task, uh, Hades, the god of the underworld, found out that Karen had let him past and actually uh, like exiled him from Hades for one year. Ooh. And as can, you can imagine, when he got back to his job after <laughs> one year of not working it, it must Dude, have the, sucked. The paperwork that were piled up must have been unbearable. So much overtime, man. <laughs> Oof. The guy was living on overtime. 
Yikes. Yeah, I I would have not liked that at all. I kind of feel for Karen, honestly. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, he did also like not do his job, and therefore, because of his actions, Cerberus was kidnapped. So like that's he he was returned unharmed. unharmed. I, yeah, luckily, but still, there was the chance it could have been way worse. All because oh, he just let them through. Cerberus is a big boy; he can take care of himself. Yeah, well. <laughs> but uh, so you may be of the opinion that Karen is not monstrous enough, you know, as we are a, at least originally a monster podcast (laughs) and we try and cover monsters. You know, I think uh, Karen kind of fits into that mythical being Mm -hmm. category, which we also cover, but just in case there's another, uh, another point to this or another segment to this podcast. It's not over yet, but wait, there's more. We still got more. So the ancient people of uh, Etruria, uh, a civilization of ancient Italy that resided where Tuscany now is, or Etruscan people, uh, they had a mythology that was heavily influenced by the Greeks. And as such, the two mythologies had many analogous deities and mythical beings. So Karen was no exception to this, this rule. The Etruscans uh, had Chirun, uh, which is not to be confused with Chiron. It's very confusing, but those are all three kind of distinct mythical uh, beings and creatures. That is very confusing. Yeah, I know. You is, got Karen, Chirun, and Chiron. Is Chiron um, also kind of related to the other two, or is it a totally, like, vastly different person? Um, so... Just to touch upon this briefly, is that uh, Karen, or Chirin, or Chiron, (laughs) oh my gosh, (laughs) Chiron is a centaur. Oh, right. And he is like a trainer of uh, heroic individuals. That's right. Like some very famous Greek heroes trained under him. That's right. I knew I had recognized the name, I just didn't remember why. Or I, I knew I had heard the name. Very different then. I think you mean his name is Danny DeVito, but <laughs> I'll I'll forgive you this once. No, no, no. That's a that was that he, Danny DeVito was a satyr, and his name was no, still yeah. very different. Yeah, very oh, different. I totally. I not forgot right. that was Danny DeVito. Uh-huh. <laughs> I cannot see that now. Just him and like well, uh, mm-hmm. satyr hopes, You know, Charun can. Uh, he is very different from Karen. But they're mm-hmm. also very similar in some ways as they fulfill some roles, but are very different and unique from each other. So Chirun can be described as almost demon-like and nice. is often associated with the winged being Vanith. Vanith is a female demon of their underworld that is often portrayed as more be- benevolent than Chirun. And he's like a, or she's like a contrast to his menacing character. Neat. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, you wouldn't think uh, demons were benevolent, but yeah, go figure. Especially when they like, oftentimes they mention when they have wings and stuff like that. I feel like, I feel like most demons with wings that they specifically mention hanging out in the underworld are not good, good creatures. Yeah, but absolutely. Apparently, there's a. Uh, Always exceptions to the rule. Yeah. So Chirun has pointed ears and is often featured with snakes around his arms, 
and has a bluish skin tone and that kind of symbolizes the decay of death so he looks dramatically different from Mm -hmm. uh, karen that's rough (laughs) yeah so some depictions of him also go the extra mile to identify him as almost demon-esque they add enormous wings a hooked nose like a vulture's beak tusks like a boar and again Still gotta have those fiery eyes, man. There they are. Got that glare. So this guy is probably not as much of a pushover as Karen, as he was often depicted with his signature religious symbol, a hefty hammer. Yo. Really like a pretty big, like two two-handed hammer. And that's very different from Karen's puny little yeah. rope pole or oar. I mean, that makes it more difficult to go up and down the river. Having used this hammer, Does it but, but it makes it way more efficient to keep uh, Hercules away from Cerberus. So, oh man, maybe there's just like, maybe the river is just really rocky. And <laughs> he's just like smacking those rocks. <laughs> he's just smashing hammers all, or uh, rocks all the way up, just beating his way up the river. Oh man, that would be so cool. Honestly, <laughs> awesome. That should be like a sport, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So while they are both uh, psychopumps that help guide the souls of the dead, some depictions of Chiroon appear as if he is threatening a person with his hammer or he's like about to punish them with his hammer, which is uh, significant because if you remember, psychopumps don't judge Mm -hmm. people. So that's really something he shouldn't be doing. (laughs) This is kind of like confusing, you know? I mean... To be fair, Chiron was also beating people with his oar, so like he might not be judging them. He might just be, it might just be, uh, corporal punishment with no judge, or, no or like warrant. Like I'm judging you, but I'm not yeah. like, passing judgment. Lowercase J judging yeah. you. I I mean he doesn't discriminate. You know, Karen just kind of beats everybody with his oar. Yeah, exactly. So maybe he maybe uh, uh Chiron or Chiroom. Oh, yeah, I'm so confused. Chiroon. Chiroon. I'm very sorry. It's very no, no. You're fine. I just, there's too many people that are similar. But maybe he also just undiscriminately beats everybody with his hammer, just whenever he's feeling down. But at the same time, like in one of these depictions, like there's like dead people. You know, Oof. So Oof. he's, um, he's, uh, so it's he's more than just a them. smack or two. Yeah, he's like, presumably almost killing people he's not good at his job then i guess yeah but it's possible that this depiction is meant as a type of patropic uh magic or this being like a type of magic that protects and wards off evil this is similar to the greeks gorgani i remember that we talked about that in the past and it's interesting is that like you have these like evil looking things when in reality their purpose is to ward off like evil. Maybe yeah. not, like be scarier than the evil that you're trying to protect people from. You know, that's always so interesting to me when they try and do that. Of Like, yeah, I know that this thing is bad, but let's make something worse to try and use it as a protection. It's so crazy. I always think it's so crazy. Yeah. Like maybe it's like, we got to go where evil will not. We have to be more <laughs> than evil. So the evil will mess with us. Yeah. 
I'll stoop to those levels. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Dude, I'll stoop even lower. Just watch mm-hmm. me. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's also uh, a professor of, I believe, the University of uh, Florida. Her name nice. is Nancy D. D- Grumland. And shout out to Nancy. She proposes a different view uh, of like this kind of weird goings on that uh, Jeroen has beaten people. And she says that not long after the myth of Jeroen in the Roman Colosseum, a Jeroen like figure called Dispater would hit the loser in the head to ensure that they were dead. Cool. And so this is perhaps like a reflection of Tarun and what his duties were. Oh, okay. So maybe, so maybe the hammer and like the picture of him hitting a dead person with a hammer wasn't actually that he beat them to death, but it was just like his check of like, rather than checking their pulse, he would just smack them in the head with a hammer. And if they reacted, he's like, all right, they're not dead, so I can't take them. But if they didn't react, it's like, all right, <laughs> cool. Time to go. You're dead now. What if like... <laughs> It was just his way to tell whether they were actually dead or not. I can't imagine. Just like I'm gonna sneak into Hades really quick. Let's like I, I think I like I did some face makeup. Like I think I look pretty dead. Mm-hmm. Like all right, the first test I'm gonna hit you with a hammer. Oh dang it! <laughs> okay, I can take it. He just slams you in the head with a hammer, and you're like, oh, what? He's like, nope, get out. Yeah, I get you have brain damage now, but nope, you're not dead, not yet. Yeah, you imagine he's just like going wrong, cracking skulls, and then like, <laughs> hit somebody, and they wake up, and they're like, "How, bro? What the heck, man?" He's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry. Standard <laughs> procedure, you know." Yeah, it's sorry, tough, but it's time for you to go. Get out of Hades. It's not not your time yet. Oh man, absolutely freaking mental, though. I <laughs> I love like the these two guys, uh, Karen it's and Jeru, so cool. both. You know, like they're just. It was such a interesting journey to go on like and there were so many surprises along the way like there was hermes he was there (laughs) and then there's like the dude with the hammer and he's got wings sometimes for some reason even though he because he still had a boat right like he was also still boating so he had wings but wasn't flying anywhere he was just boating around with wings Mm -hmm. purely for as you do as you do (laughs) why not yeah but it was very interesting. And then I think that was pretty much all that we had for you guys today on these two wonderful gentlemen and their uh, wonderful duties. Still probably doing it today. You know, shout out to them. But Yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully you can like get a new, nice new boat or something. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe take like one day of vacation every morning. That'd be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, to close out, just kind of with like one final fact is that uh, the dwarf planet Pluto has uh, five known satellites. Um, and mm. the largest of which is called Charon. Yo, Charon. Very cool. Or Charon. Or <laughs> however. However you say it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So there's a bit of astronomy for you. So, uh, once again, thank you all for listening to this, you know, uh, through everything. It's been really nice. Like, we've been just, like, so happy just to see, like, the growth that our podcast is going through. So, thank you all so much. But also on, like, another kind of uh, housekeeping business is that, so we are going to be taking a two-week break 
just got some some busy stuff going on. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna kind of also concentrate on some more social media, getting some more like interaction with you guys. That'll be really fun to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and different things. And we'll also have some man killer podcasts for you guys when we get back. So, so excited just, about it. Uh don't go anywhere, you know. I'll be right here. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Literally stay exactly <laughs> sit, where you sit are. Right where you are for two and weeks. Be there for two weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. I'm excited. Oh man. I'm I'm excited. We got some we got some cool stuff planned. Yeah. Oh, also, before we go, one more uh science astrology fun fact about Chiron. Mm-hmm. There's also a comet that's been named after him as well. Oh and really? they named it after him because he like the ferryman he was going like taking long trips back and forth around and so the comet was named after him because he would come around to our planet and then go back way out past the kuiper belt and then come back over to uh nearby the sun so it just keeps doing this loop so they named it Chiron. that's, that's awesome yeah i love that yeah. it's so <laughs> that's neat so cool and i didn't even know his name before this so yeah. <laughs> I think the next time named after him. (laughs) The next time the comet will be coming nearby Earth and like be will be visible, I think, is 2060, from what I can tell. So oh so just like just down the road. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A couple days before you know it. Just next time that comes around, make sure to remember this and uh, look out for it. Tell people, tell people you know that uh we're almost there. We're about ready to see the (laughs) the comet. Get ready. Can you believe it? You're going to be like 60 when that happens. (laughs) I know. But anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, have a great week. And we'll see you in a bit.